Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's streetlights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia, the power behind your power. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined today by Matt Williamson for a long overdue episode. Matt, how are you doing? I am refreshed and got the batteries recharged. I apologize to our legions of fans, but I was the reason we didn't have anything going last week. I was in Jacksonville visiting my best bud and spending a lot of time on the beach with margaritas and the fam, and it was good stuff. Got out of the bad weather. Kids were on spring break, but I am ready to dig into Dynasty Heavy today. That's awesome. I know. I know football was still on your mind, though. So, oh uh, yeah, we've we've got plenty to talk about today. Um, we're actually going to start today and uh, take a look team by team at some players that we would suggest buying in Dynasty. Uh, we're going to look at the AFC teams today. I know people often use the term "buy low." I don't really like that term. There's there's so much variation with leagues now. There's so many different types of leagues with scoring and starting requirements. I just I, I just prefer the term buy in general. You know, even if the price might be high, if I expect that player's value to rise, I still consider them a good buy at this point. What what are your thoughts on that in general, Matt? Yeah, I'm glad we had this conversation because you and I were talking about this via text. And I use the term buy low a lot, sell high. I often look at players like stocks, but however, I don't ever check the the stock prices. You know, I don't care about ADP. I, I don't know what anybody's ADP is. I was actually just talking trade in our Hyperactive 2 league with an owner, and I guess I made an offer that was lopsided in my favor, and he was saying, well, if you look at ADP, this really favors you. I'm like, well, I don't look at ADP. You know, I'm just looking at values and deals I would make. So it's kind of a general feel for me, and maybe that's an inexact science, but Jay Ajayi right now, like his value, you could make an argument, is is very high, or, or someone actually just you know sent me a text. I've been trying to to sell Alfred Morris. I'm trying to sell him high because he just signed with Dallas and nobody's buying. Well, maybe his stock really isn't as high as you think, but I think the way you phrase it is probably a little bit better because, you know, just talking AFC, some people I'm looking to buy right now are going to be Sammy Watkins, who is unbelievably expensive, but I think he's only going to go up. And I also might want Damian Williams, who probably isn't in a lot of leagues. Yeah, exactly. I, I I think that term high and low really stems from do we expect their value to increase or has their value recently increased? So, you know, with a guy like Alfred Morris, the expectation is now that he's in Dallas, his, his value has increased. Uh, and now's, now's the time to sell him. Uh, unfortunately, people aren't always eager to, to pay that inflated price. So yeah, it doesn't mean people are banging down your doors and giving you first round picks left and right for the guy that doesn't catch passes and had a very low stock a month ago. 
Exactly. Exactly. So let's get into it. We're going to go team by team. I'll, I'll start us off with some of my thoughts and, and let you uh, ramble on about the state of that team and some players you'll, you'd be buying. Uh, let's look over in Baltimore. I've said several times on Twitter, and I think I've probably said it on here, one of my top players overall that, that I would want to be buying this offseason is is Max Williams, the Ravens tight end. That took a little bit of a hit when they signed Ben Watson. Uh, the, the short-term expectation changed a little bit for me, but I still love Williams' talent. He was, he was an early-round draft pick for the Ravens. He basically had a, a redshirt year last year, didn't, didn't do much. But I really see the Tyler Eifert path for him, where he's going to be uh, one of his one of the Ravens' top pass catchers, um, just by default, almost. I know they've added they've added Mike Wallace, they've added some some depth there, but I still think Max Williams is one of the most talented pass catchers on that team, and and I can see him uh, becoming a fantasy starter, probably not in 2016, but by 2017. I agree with most of that. I would bet that you would have him higher than I do. I think Eifert's a superior athlete, has an inch or two on him, probably a little better in the red zone, a little bit better downfield. Um, Although I could certainly make the case that Max Williams will be the Ravens' leading receiver in 2017. You know what I mean? I mean, and and one thing about Flacco, and for those who don't know, I I helped recruit Joe and I'm following him. And I actually think he's a little bit of a buy low right now too, is that, there's not going to be many quarterbacks that I'm targeting, but nobody wants Flacco. I, I would gladly take him as my backup in Dynasty on the cheap right now as a throw-in player. Everyone knows I'm big on buying Perriman. That's for sure. We've talked about that one to death. Um, but Williams, I think, will play a lot in double tight end sets and is, isn't is going to hurt you. I think as young tight ends go, he's very safe. Yeah, he's he's probably not a player. You Like you mentioned, Sammy Watkins, for example. Williams is probably not a player you have to rush out and acquire right now. There, there's probably a long window, uh, maybe even a year-long window, in which you have to to target him at, in trades. Um, would you take him over Walford? Um, they're, in the same, they're in the same range for me. Okay. Um, or Ebron? No, I prefer Ebron over both. I think I would rank them Walford, Ebron, Williams. I think it's pretty clear. They're they're probably all in the same tier, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a matter of short term expectations. I think you know Ebron and Walford probably both have a bigger 2016 than Max. Agreed, agreed. But yeah, that, that kind of makes them a good target to go get now. I mean, that's kind of the the crux of what we're talking about here. Is boy, they signed Watson. Now I'm stuck with this Max Williams guy. Maybe I'll dump him off to McDowell. Yeah, and also I wanted to say you mentioned Joe Flacco and the quarterback position. We won't talk too much about quarterbacks as targets to buy, but I think you could list almost every t- every quarterback as a buy target. They're you know they're just perennially undervalued right now and and so cheap across the board. I mean, a guy like Flacco, you could probably get him for a third round pick, and and he's your he's your backup quarterback in fantasy. And you can start him six weeks of the season and still win your league. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we've we've talked about Sammy Watkins a couple times already, so let's move to Buffalo. And he is my target. Like you said, he's super expensive already. He's not a guy you're gonna, um, you know, go steal from somebody. That your chance to do that was the first month or six weeks of of the 2015 season. Uh, once he got healthy and and uh, really started playing well, he's he's boosted himself back up into the first round startup discussion. But he's he's still at the back end of that first round from what we're seeing. We've actually, over at DLF, just started 
our ADP mocks for April, started those a little bit early, and he's going at the back half of the first round, still going behind Mike Evans, going behind Allen Robinson. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just surprised to see him not, I guess, not up in that top five at all. Yeah, and I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan, but I would pay the iron price for Sammy Watkins. You know, I don't mind paying what people want for him because uh, – uh, and it's no offense to all those guys going ahead of him. They're all awesome. I mean, Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson. I love all those guys. But I can make the case that Watkins – it wouldn't blow me away if he was my top-ranked dynasty player in week 10. You know what I mean? That he goes past Antonio Brown, that he's right there with Beckham. I mean, he was drafted ahead of Beckham. I mean, he was a superior prospect coming out of school. And, and look at his last, what is it, six or eight weeks of the season in Buffalo was maybe the best in the league. I mean, he's been a superstar. I think he's totally on the upswing. I think he's going to fulfill all promise. He's somebody that I would go all in on, and I have in a couple places. Um, a super cheap guy on this roster that still has me intrigued, and I just can't quit him. Actually, he's not even on the roster. He's a free agent is Percy Harvin. I it's still I still want him on the bottom of my dynasty roster. Yeah, that's an interesting call and I, I just wonder if you know if he can even get a job at this point. He's the injuries have just been such a deterrent for him. He's got the talent. We've seen that uh, you know many different times over the years. So, he's not a bad guy to take a gamble on if if he's free. He's probably not a guy I'm targeting though. Yeah, and there's a reason that he probably has been on what four teams in his career. I mean, I don't think he's the best locker room guy around. And it's probably why people aren't running out to sign him, but I'm still intrigued with the talent. I thought he played reasonably well last year. Uh, and again, I mean, the, on, on in this discussion, Watkins to Harvin couldn't be any further acro- across the spectrum. I mean, I'm just set, talking about, Hey, I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you four, eight for Harvin, or if he's on the free agent market, I'm going to throw him on my roster. I mean, I, I'm not going to go out and, you know, give you something good for him. Yeah, exactly. This this whole discussion, this episode, and and on our next episode, we'll cover the NFC teams. The discussion is really who are players you expect to see an increase in their value. Watkins is super expensive, but he's I, I think he can move into that top tier, and and you'll see see him priced like an Odell Beckham type player. So, and, and that's really that goes for all of these players. Maybe maybe they're free on the waiver wire, but we expect them to you, you know to gain some value and and become a meaningful player. Yeah, I mean, if Watkins costs 90 cents, I think he might go up to 99. Where Harvin costs 2 cents, I think he could go up to 25. Right, exactly. Well, let's let's look at the Bengals next. Um, this was a tough one for me, I have to say. Um, I don't know if I have a guy here. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to find a, a find a guy. They've lost, of course, they lost Marvin Jones. They lost Sanu. They're major questions at, at wide receiver after A.J. Green. You look at their depth chart, and it's guys – you know, a, a lot of us haven't heard of James Wright, Mario Alford, uh, Brandon Tate. They've got to do something at wide receiver. And and when you look at who's left on the free agent market, you assume they're going to to draft a wide receiver or maybe two or three. Uh, if if I'm picking one here, I'm probably going to go with Giovanni Bernard. Uh, he had a bounce back season last year after a disappointing sophomore season. Kind of got overshadowed by Jeremy Hill uh, two years ago, and that flip flopped last year. Um, he's still, he was, he was the running back 16 last year in PPR still being pretty undervalued. I think, uh, I'm fine with him if, if he's my running back too, uh, in a, in a dynasty league, especially PPR, of course, he's a free agent after the year. 
So you can see his his value really growing after another solid year, and he's the top running back on the market. You know, like much like Lamar Miller or some or somebody like that. Yeah, I guess he's somebody I would kick the tires on. I don't know what exactly I'd give up for him, but I'd like to have him on my team. Wouldn't be shopping him if I owned him. See, this is a team like, you know, from an NFL perspective, boy, the Bengals did great. They kept a lot of their own. Do you see who's playing wide receiver for them? I mean, they got one stud and nothing there. So even if they use a first-round pick on Doxon and a third-round pick on Boyd, I'm still not thrilled with their receivers for winning now in 2016. I wish Chris Conley was on this team. You know what I mean? I wish they used a third-round pick last year on somebody to buy now, but I don't see it. Yeah, you could you could certainly see them falling back to the pack in, in you know in terms of wins next season. Oh yeah. All right, so Cleveland's made a little bit of noise Ooh. this offseason. <laughs> they have uh, they've just recently signed a new quarterback, Robert Griffin the third. Um, he's the presumed starter for now. Of course, there's still a, a I'd say a good chance they take a quarterback with the second overall pick. Um, so that's that's kind of up in the air. The running back situation has been kind of a mess. Crowell has has disappointed, I think it's fair to say. And and we're still not sure what's going to happen with Josh Gordon. Is he going to be reinstated? If not, the team is in huge trouble, to say the least. Uh, if he does come back, you know, there there's still some some major gaps to fill in and and things to overcome. For me, I I'm taking guy who I think is similar to Giovanni Bernard. I'm taking Duke Johnson, another PPR running back. Yeah, and I targeted him heavy over the summer. I've cooled on him since then as two of the best offensive linemen left town and the team's a total train wreck. How many touchdowns is this team going to score? You know, I kind of I got off the Gordon boat and made money on him, and I don't regret it. So, yeah, Duke is the only one I would really consider – I mean, if somebody was giving away Crowell as a, you know, as a throw-in, I would take him, but I wouldn't target him. This is a bad football team. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to ask you about Crowell. I know we've had discussions about him in the past, and, and you've told me he's a guy that you like. I, I've been you know, monitoring some dynasty drafts and, and heading some dynasty dispersal drafts with some new teams in my leagues. Crowell is just an afterthought in the Yeah, he is. He's a guy, I guess I kind of – overestimated his value. You know, I thought he, I thought people still liked him. Maybe he's worth a second round pick. People are ready to give up on him. Are, are you in that boat or do you see, do you see him rebounding at all? Maybe, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of Hugh Jackson. I, I think he'll stick his foot up Crowell's ass and there is talent there. I mean, he's a big back. Could he be, you know, everyone talks about the, the Hill geo comparison between him and Duke. I can see that. Um, I only kind of like him because I've always thought he was, you know, he, he's been undervalued lately. Because like you said, you can get him for nothing. I, I could see him being a serviceable dynasty player for you, but I can't say I'm, you know, on board. Right. That makes sense. Let's let's move to another team who has undergone some massive changes this year, the Denver Broncos. Of course, Peyton Manning's gone. Osweiler's gone. They brought in Mark Sanchez, but who knows if, you know, if he's the answer or if that's even the end of their shopping at quarterback, they, they did retain CJ Anderson in, in a bit of a surprise move. Uh, and they've, they've got their top two receivers, Demarius and Sanders back. Who are you liking here? I'll let you start this time. Jeff Hireman, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hireman. I, mean, I know they really like him, and they're going to play a lot of double tight end sets and he's cheap. Yeah, Hireman is actually my selection on on the Broncos as well. 
and and he's free. He has no ADP. He was not even drafted in our March mock drafts at all. Since then, they have parted ways with Owen Daniels. Uh, we know Kubiak likes to use the tight end. Virgil Green's there. I I don't think much of him. You know, he's kind of had his shot and didn't do much with it. I think Hireman could could claim that job and and he's on waiver wires in in most dynasty leagues. Yeah, and so I mean, I wouldn't mind having him on the edge of my roster. I mean, if he was in your in your draft, I'd probably use a fourth round pick on him in this rookie draft. Uh, he's okay. Again, I know they like him a lot. I think he'll get snaps. But this is basically his rookie year. You know how how do rookie tight ends perform? Not well. Yeah, so I, I can't say I'm doing jumping jacks about this team in general. Yeah, he's he's a guy that you know if you scoop him off the waiver wire for a buck or two, or you bring right. somebody else to the waiver wire, that's great. If somebody else beats you to the waiver wire, somebody else outbids you in blind bidding waivers, you're not really going to, you know, Hireman's not a guy you're going to pursue in a trade. You're not um, losing sleep over losing him. Right. I mean, he, right. He, he's just a wait and see player. I, I think he has a good chance to pan out, but I'm not giving up anything in trade for him. No. Houston Texans. Um kind of the opposite of, of Denver and some of these other teams. They brought in a new quarterback. They they overpaid Brock Osweiler. They gave Lamar Miller a ton of money to leave Miami. So they're they're definitely looking to make some changes. Who do you like in Houston? The only one that I can come up with is Jalen Strong, and his stock seems a little bit down. Oh, he got caught with marijuana. Well, he's not the first guy that ever happened to. You know, I mean, maybe he gets suspended two games. I don't think he's exactly on the Josh Gordon, Martavis Bryant track. Uh, I think he's got a very good chance to start, see a lot of single coverage. I like them coming out of school. But I do think the tight, or the Texans would be crazy if they don't use their early picks on offense. You know, another lineman, speed at receiver, maybe a tight end. So I think their skill positions could will continue to change this offseason. Yeah, we're, we're agreeing too much here. Strong is who I had as well. The arrest is is not a great thing for his value or or his dynasty stock, but I'm more concerned with uh, the trouble he had getting on the field last year. Uh, if you look at some of these players that overtook him on the depth chart, you know Keith Mumphrey and and these guys that we had never even heard of were were playing over him, and and he wasn't even active several weeks. So I think that's the bigger concern when it comes to strong. But again, when you look at that roster. Cecil Shorts doesn't scare me. Um, depending on what they do in the draft, I think Strong could be their their second wide receiver. They they don't have much at tight end, which I'm also kind of surprised they didn't make a move there in free agency, considering the amount of tight ends that were available. They they didn't really seem yeah. to go after any of those guys. Um, the way they've handled tight ends since O'Brien took over is odd. I mean, considering at one point he had Gronk and Hernandez, and everyone thought, boy, they're going to be a tight end centric offense. I mean, they use like a third-round pick on Fedorowicz and you know some mid-round picks on guys, but they are the least fantasy-relevant position maybe in the league. Yeah, it just seems to be an afterthought for them, which which is good news for Strong. Uh, I think you can buy him for a third rounder right now if you get that. You know, if you find the right owner. Yeah, the sure. The day of his arrest, I gave up three eight and two seventeen thirds for him. Yeah, and I would do that again. I mean, sure. three thirds, and people were you know, and people on Twitter thought I was an idiot, but. Three-thirds, I mean, Strong's to make my roster. I don't know those three-thirds will make my roster. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Let's look at Indianapolis. The Colts, 
haven't made many changes this this offseason so far. They did retain Dwayne Allen. They lost Kobe Fleener. The guy I'm looking at here is Dante Moncrief. I, I think he's the guy who could just bolt into that first-round range a year from now as, as far as his dynasty value. Yeah, I pursue him everywhere. I own him a lot. I'm a huge fan. I actually didn't think of him. I mean, he's almost too obvious. You know, I mean, he's he's almost closer to that Sammy Watkins um, level, you know, a tier below. But I think that's a good one. I mean, really digging deep. Their running backs are a little frightening. I mean, they used a mid-round pick on Josh Robinson, who I didn't really like. But, you know, if Gore goes down in week two, I could see Robinson being, you know, somebody everybody in, in – in, uh, redraft picks up immediately and you can start them week to week and then you trade them two months from now. I, I think Dorsett's still a little bit low. You know, I think if I was, I would give up 112 for Dorsett right now in a heartbeat or a late first or early second for sure. So I think there's some, you can mine some value out of this team maybe. I mean, that, I can't believe that this offense will be as bad as it was last year. Yeah, Robinson was was an interesting case. You know, they put him on taxi squad. They gave him a shot and, and ended up just cutting him. I, I think he's, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's back with the Colts now. I uh, think so. Yeah. Yeah. I just so, assumed, and maybe he isn't, but I think so. They do. They did sign Turban. He's, he's been a guy I've, I've liked, but he just has never really done, done much. Uh, he's, he's a guy who's had shots, had chances as well, and hasn't done much with them. Yeah, I think we like him more than his coaches and front office people like him because yeah. why does he keep changing teams? Yeah, exactly. As far as Moncrief, yeah, he's he's expensive, certainly. But what I see is Devontae Parker's going in the mid-second. And what has Parker done that Moncrief hasn't? So I, I guess comparing, to, comparing Moncrief to some other young wide receivers, he's not in that mid-second range which I think he could be based on what we're seeing. So maybe there's a little bit of room for him to to grow still. Earliest rookie pick you give up for Moncrief. I have one, and I bet mine's higher in the draft than yours because you like this draft better than I do. Um, I mean, I wouldn't give a top two pick for him, but I think after that, it's it's fair game. You know, ah, I mean, We're on the exact same page. Yeah, when, you know, when you look, I, I like Corey Coleman. You know, everybody seems to love Josh Dotson. He's, he's maybe pushing – pushing into that top two for, for a lot of people. I think Moncrief's right in there with guys like that. I don't know that I'd rush to give the one three for Moncrief, but it's, it's a discussion for sure. Yeah, I would give the one three for Moncrief, but I bet if you're having that conversation with another owner, you could get a third thrown in or something like that. Right, right. That, that makes sense. All right, I think I know where you're going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You were just down in Jacksonville. Um <laughs> uh, Scouting is, mission. <laughs> exactly. This is maybe uh, one of the players we've talked about most uh, so far in this uh, series of podcasts. For me, it's TJ Yeldon. They've signed Ivory. Everybody's scared of Yeldon since that move. Ivory, I just do not trust him to stay healthy. And and everybody wants to point out that, you know, the poor efficiency for Yeldon, the lack of touchdowns and and all these negative qualities. And, you know, he didn't have a great rookie year. But I don't I don't know why we're so quick to to you know write off Yeldon after after one season when you know we're not doing that with with so many other players and if if Ivory wasn't there we wouldn't be doing that so you know give me Yeldon for a late first I'm I'm thrilled if I can get him for a late uh, for an early second he's a guy I'm, I'm glad to have on my roster still yeah I'd still give a mid first for him you know at one point I was very willing to give one three for him. And I'm not sure as a fantasy player whose stock got hit harder in free agency than Yeldon, 
but that doesn't change who he is to me. You know, I, I still like him an awful lot. Um, I, he probably won't score a ton of touchdowns, but I, I don't have a lot of faith in Ivory. I also think Julius Thomas, for what you can get him for, I, I think he's a pretty good football player, and I think he'll continue to catch touchdowns. Is in a good situation. I would give up an early second for Julius Thomas. Yeah, he's another guy, kind of like, um, kind of like Crowell, who I didn't, I didn't fully understand his value, but people are are really off of him. Uh, I, I think you could get him for a late second or maybe even a couple of thirds. Yeah, I'm like, I might rather have him than Ertz, who everyone's super excited about, and he's young. And I mean, Thomas is a better athlete. He's a better football player. Yeah, so you could easily flip Ertz for Thomas and, and maybe, you know, get, get a second thrown in or something like that. Yeah. And I would do it in a heartbeat. Here's another team that was a challenge for me. The Kansas city chiefs haven't made many changes this off season. Smith, Charles, Macklin, Kelsey is their base. They've got some decent depth at running back. Um, still some questions at wide receiver. They did sign Rod Streeter. Who are you liking in Kansas city? I actually did a podcast last night where I was the GM of the Chiefs and we talked 15 minutes about what you do with this team. And in a nutshell, they have a lot of needs. I mean, they, they have their biggest needs are at guard, corner, and they need to fill in some depth on defense. So they don't have a third-round pick. So I'd be shocked if they use a first or second-round pick on a receiver, even though people are probably screaming for it. So I wouldn't mind – Albert Wilson somebody that I think is a good player. I mean, he's a great bottom-of-the-roster guy for me. In a, in a conversation with, with someone, I'll give you three of your mine for two of yours and make Albert Wilson the throw-in guy. That's interesting. I've, I guess I've just never given him much credit for, for being a fantasy asset. You mentioned Conley earlier. What, what do you think of him, and is he a guy you'd be targeting? Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I, I mean, Alex Smith to me is a real buzzkill, you know, for that passing game. Uh, I don't know that they would ever use Conley's deep speed and go up and get football abilities, you know, the big vertical. Um, and I think Conley's a lot more expensive than Albert Wilson. You know, I don't want to put in words in Greg Costell's mouth, but I remember he said something along the lines of Albert Wilson reminds me of 90% of Brandon cooks. And I thought that was a really good comparison. I think he can be that type of player, not obviously the dynasty or fantasy asset of cooks, but I think he could be used that way. But yeah. I don't like, the, I don't like that team for fantasy. No, I don't either. For me, um, again, like I said, this was the tough one to choose. I went with Sharkhandrick West as the guy I'm buying. You know, everybody expects Charles to come back fully healthy, and and I'm sure he will. He's he's a great player. He hasn't had many injuries over the years. But Sharkhandrick West was was really impressive to me. He was the running back 17 after he took over for Charles, um, even though he he dealt with some injuries of his own. You know, if I can somehow get the West and Spencer Ware combo – then I'm feeling pretty good that that one of those guys is going to contribute at some point. One little note on that is if Charles sputters a little this year, he's making a lot of money. They got a lot of big contracts now. You know, he could be not with the team in 2017. I, I don't think that's far-fetched to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Miami, um, they've been been one of the hottest teams to talk about this year. Of course, like we already mentioned, they lost Lamar Miller haven't made many changes though they've they've made many attempts to replace him once miller was was gone attention turned to jaji there was quickly you know thought of okay he's he's the next stud running back he you know look at his college numbers for boise state and for just just a, a small window of time everybody was was ready to overlook this 
this knee injury that pushed him down to the third day of the draft. And, and since then, they've, you know, they've looked at Aaron Foster. They looked at Alfred Morris. They looked at, uh, of course, C.J. Anderson signed him to it um, or attempted to sign him to a contract. They're going to do something at running back. They've got a Jai and Damian Williams now. I wrote in the DLF newsletter last week that we keep looking at all of these teams, the Dolphins being one of them, that they just they have to go get a running back. You know, they they can't go with with Jay Ajayi. But they're not all going to get a running back. You know, one of them, Miami, Oakland, somebody like that, is going to get Ezekiel Elliott, and and everybody else is not. So JJ could still end up being the starter in Miami, even though they've tried so much to to replace him. And at his at his uh, price right now, I'd I'd give him a shot. He would be the guy I would target. Yeah, I, I got no qualms with that. I actually just put a a, a tweet out like five minutes ago that it would surprise me if Ezekiel Elliott gets past the Eagles, which is kind of ironic considering these teams switched first round picks. And, you know, Miami probably maybe could have had him if they would have stayed put. Um, I'm not a big fan of what they've done in the offseason. My buy low here, though, is Tannehill. And because I believe in Landry, I believe in Parker, I think the defense will let up points. They're going to have to throw. And I'm a real believer in Adam Gase. And I like Tannehill's ability. I, I think Tannehill's stock's about as low as it'll ever be. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. A year ago, Tannehill and, and Teddy Bridgewater were the guys we were looking at as as the next big thing at, at quarterback. They were both top six dynasty quarterbacks in ADP, which seems crazy now. And and of course, their their values both uh, both of their values have have kind of fallen off the table. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense that the move to Gaze could could really make a difference for Tannehill. So that that's a good call. Yeah, and I think he's going to be a lot closer to the value of a Bortles, Mariota, Winston than he is going to be to Bridgewater. You know, I mean, I I think he has a lot more ability than Teddy. And, you know, like we said, I really like his situation. So here's here's another team, and this this might be surprising to some. Another team I had struggles with trying to identify a player I really want to buy, the New England Patriots. Uh, Of course, they have – you know, they've had success on top of success and all these wins and, and championship games and Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, uh, even Dion Lewis. Eh, you know, I'm, I'm not eager to pay the price for any of those guys. I'd, I'd always like to have Gronk on my team. Brady seems like he's never going to slow down. I don't know. Maybe this is the year he does, but he's, his name value is still carrying a pretty big price. I'd rather go buy you know, a, a guy like Derek Carr or Bortles or or even Tannehill for a cheaper price. The guy I actually went with here is is Brady's backup, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we we talked about him earlier off the air. You know, maybe he's this year's Brock Osweiler. He's a guy, again, he does not have an ADP, kind of like Hireman in Denver. Did not get drafted at all in March. Probably sitting on your waiver wire, depending on how deep your league is. So, you know, maybe this is the year that Brady slows down. I would I would never want to bet on that. Maybe uh, maybe New England ships Garoppolo off for for a second round pick or a third round pick, as as they've done so many times, especially with uh, defensive players. Where do you stand on on New England and who are some players or, or one player you're targeting there? Yeah, that's a good one because I don't think Brady's going to fall off a cliff, but it wouldn't shock me that if a year from now we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo as the Rams starter in 2017. You know that they gave up the a late first or second round pick or something for him, you know, that, that he ends up on one of these quarterback needy teams and he's the new hot item as a new young starter. 
The guy that I pick is actually is Donald Brown because he's he does. I'm sure he does not have an ADP. I picked him up in two leagues this week because they don't have first round pick. I've been thinking all along they're going to get a Legarrette Blunt replacement hammerhead guy, but if they don't use one of those late seconds on him, uh, maybe that doesn't come in the draft, and maybe you know that that he's one of these Belichick smart does it all catches passes and plays meaningful snaps for them. I mean, if he's not dynamic, he's not all that good, but the way Belichick thinks, you can see what he likes about him. He's dependable. He catches the ball well. He's good enough in protection, you know, and he's got some size to him. I, I think he could have some good weeks. So he's he's a little bit bigger than James White, but is mm-hmm. he better than James White? I don't know. I don't know, but, I mean, right now he's their best goal line guy most likely. I could see him playing a lot of snaps, especially with Lewis Hurt. Uh, I don't think it's a fluke that they went out and got him. I mean, just remember a year ago, they signed Deion Lewis about this time, and we're all like, hmm, that's kind of interesting, but, eh, you know, what? I don't really want that. doesn't excite me. Well, they see something in these guys, and I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, they they have always, or, or you know, for the past several years, it seems like they want to have that pass catcher and they want to have that that banger, that goal line guy. They don't seem to be interested in re-signing Blunt. Maybe this is the year Tyler Gaffney finally does something. You know, he's been yeah. kind of that – he's been that sleeper for what feel, feels like three or four years uh, and has always had trouble with injuries and, and other things. But he's a, he's a big boy. I wonder if he could earn a role if he can actually stay healthy. Also, if you look at their team, they really don't have a lot of needs right now. They're a really good football team. One of those second-round picks at the end of the round could be a banger. I mean, I'm not sure exactly who that would be. I know a lot of people really warm up to Jonathan Williams. I mean, what if he landed there at the end of the second round? Somebody like that. That wouldn't shock me at all. But to pick up Brown now for nothing, I mean, I might cut him in a month. I don't know. Yeah, with with guys, you know, guys like Brown and Garoppolo and Hireman that are free, it's it's obviously much easier to take that risk, adding them off the waiver wire, even though you are using a, a roster spot. Uh, it much easier to do that than than to pay up for uh, Moncrief or Sammy Watkins. Sure. And so sure, worth worth the risk for Brown, Garoppolo, guys like that. What about the Jets? Some some changes there, of course. They still some major questions at quarterback right now. It's it's Geno Smith and Bryce Petty. They still can't come to terms with Fitzpatrick. They kick the tires on on Griffin and some of these other guys, but haven't done anything there yet. They did, of course, sign Matt Forte, followed that up by signing Kyrie Robinson, re-signing Bilal Powell, and, and they've got their wide receivers back. Uh, I have three that I think are all very cheap. Um, some people seem to be warming up to Bilal Powell, and I think he's going to lead the team in rushing. I, I think he's a major factor in that offense. thought he was very impressive at the end of last year. I don't have a lot of faith in Forte. Powell catches the ball really well. I've been trying to acquire them, and, and people aren't getting rid of them as easy as I thought they would. And then the other two, you can get super cheap right now, but I still think there's a lot of talent there because they basically wasted their rookie years are Amaro and Devin Smith. Yeah, Amaro's been a guy that, that I've been high on. Some of these some of these reports, though, that are, that are leaking out I, do have me concerned with, you know, he just he can't handle the playbook. He can't – he hadn't adjusted well to the league, those kind of things. Those – you know, those are scary if you're a pal- if you're an Amaro fan. They are, but again, he's not expensive. I mean, he's there. I picked him up in one league. I was shocked he was out there. I did this week. I was just scanning. You know, once in a while, I go to the league 
you know, add a player and just look from A to Z who's out there in case I miss somebody. And I was like, wow, A-M-A-R-O. I'll throw him on the bottom of my team. He's all right. Yeah, so for me, this is this is Matt Forte. You know, he's he's never not been a PPR running back one uh, his entire career. He's always been in that top 12. I expect that to continue. I still like Powell. I like Robinson. I think Forte gets gets enough carries, enough catches, uh, and gets some touchdowns to make him in that uh, running back one tier. I, I'm kind of finding, like you, he's not quite as cheap as I thought he would be. Uh, with his age, I thought you could maybe get him for – uh, an early second round pick and maybe throw a prospect in. That's not exactly the case. People are wanting a mid first for him. I'm not ready to pay that, but if I can find one of those guys who looks at his age and, and is just ready to, to turn over and buy some years back, as I like to say, then, then that's the guy I want to target. Yeah. And if I had him, I would give him to you for that price. I mean, I would dump him for two or one right now. All right. Let's look at Oakland for me. Kind of like, uh, kind of like we did with Buffalo. I'm going with the big name here, Amari Cooper. You mentioned paying the, uh, what, what was the quote? The iron price. The iron price. I need to catch up on Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, I, I would pay the iron price for, for Cooper. You know, what, whatever the price is, I'm, I'm pretty much willing to pay it. He's a guy I want to have on my roster, on as many of my rosters as I can. Yeah, we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes. I gave up, I think, three late first round picks this year and and one three something along those lines and everyone's like wow it's a lot but yeah they got rather cooper you know i mean he's that good and he's extremely insulated talents there everything's in place the offense is on the rise um i've talked about walford over and over he's absolutely my pick here murray to me is a massive sell i still think crabtree you can get a reasonable value too they just gave him money he's not old i think i think he'll continue to produce like a wide receiver too for you for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think you can buy him for for an early second as well. Yeah, that's a good deal. And if yeah, if you're if you've got a contending team, um that's that's well worth it. All right, let's move down to to your guys, Pittsburgh. Your home team, I'll let you get started with this one. I'm struggling. I mean, I think Ladarius Green's value has really spiked, you know, what it costs to add him. Obviously, Sammy Coates has really spiked. I think Wheaton spiked a little bit. I really don't have somebody well, for me, it's Ladarius Green. I've been a big fan of his um, for years. He's he's been in Gate Shadow. You know, maybe that's maybe that's because he's future Hall of Famer Antonio Gates, or maybe that has has something to do with Green as well. We'll and we'll we'll really find find that out this year. I don't I don't know. I'm not seeing his price go up as as much as I thought it might, and and that's why he's my choice. Uh, I think you can what do still you, think you could get him for. I think you can get him for an early second pretty easily. And I would probably move him for that. So, therefore, he doesn't count for this for me. I mean, I, I think okay. that's about what he's worth, you know. I mean, I would – if you – you know, if you in our, our our Twitter that we get asked a million times, I trade Ladarius Green for 201. Who wins? I would probably say 201. You know, I mean, in that – in that that's as early as it gets. Conversation, right. In that conversation, it gets down to how many tight ends are you willing to pay a first-round – you know, a random first-round pick for. Well, obviously – Obviously, Gronk. Uh, I think Eifert would be in that in that category, you know. And then and then you've got Kelsey and you've got Reed and Olson. You know, are those guys are those guys worth first rounders? I think I think in most cases they probably are. Maybe a late first rounder. So so yeah, if those guys are worth late first, then then uh, maybe 
maybe 2.01 for green is is a little steep. Yeah, I mean that's a. The, the, I probably should have said two four or something like that. But I mean, would you? How about the same conversation? Ebron, Walford, Max Williams. Is he in that group, or would you put him above all of them? I'd put him above all of them, but I think he's. I think he's at the top of that tier for me. Okay. Yeah the the other guy you mentioned there is is one that I'm I'm really surprised on Sammy Coates. Um, you know he he's another guy that had kind of a red shirt rookie year. They tried to claim they drafted him because uh, they, you know, they knew about this Martavis Bryant suspension, which a year ago was four games, and and now he's going to miss the entire year. Um, I know for a fact they did. You know, I was told the day after the draft when I, I was talking to a, a guy I know, and they said Bryant's going to get suspended. I mean, they told me that months before it ever came out. So, yeah, I certainly believe that they knew about the suspension. The first um, one I'm talking about, the the four gamer when right, Coach was drafted. Right. I. And if you know about the suspension, maybe you... Um, and they know of Bryant's habits off the field. Let's just leave it at that. Right. So, uh, so maybe, maybe that changes your draft plan. Maybe you draft Coates earlier than uh, you'd planned to look at a wide receiver. But then he didn't even get on the field. You know, he was he was a game day inactive for for most of the most of the season, especially the early part of the season when, when Bryant was suspended. So, you know, that tells me that that he was not ready. You know, he wasn't ready for the league. He, he couldn't help them in the short term. And yeah, he probably plays better in, in his, in his second year. I'm not ready to close the door on him either, but you know, people are, are value. People are giving up first round picks for Sammy Coates. Yeah. That's the thing is he's the, I would have said to him, he would have been my pick before Bryant got suspended because I really, really like the player. I know the Steelers are extremely high on him. I saw him live in practice and was very, very impressed with him. Um, and he came from a very remedial Auburn offense where all he did was run go routes. So, you know, that that year of a learning curve certainly makes sense. I thought he played well in the playoff game. Um, they're always going to throw deep, and they, they want that speed guy. You know, Darius Hayward Bay fits the Steelers too. But I, I just can't pay the iron price for him. You know, and now that it, what it costs since Bryant's out, I like him, but I just don't like him that much. So if you're if you're building a dynasty team and and you can have Bryant or you can have Coates, who are you taking? Still Bryant. Okay, me too. I think he's just so special. If he can win me leagues. I don't know Coates will ever win me the league. Right, I think that's fair. Uh, and what we what I do think is safe to say about Coates is that he's better than Marcus Wheaton. And Wheaton's a free agent after this year. I mean, you can see a very clear path to Coates being. You know, especially if Brian screws up. I mean, Coates might be the Steelers' number two receiver in 17, might be their number three or four receiver in 16, but catch six touchdowns of 30 yards or more. You know what I mean? I mean, they're going to throw deep. All right, let's move over to San Diego. We just have a couple teams left here. I like one of the San Diego running backs. Uh, I think they're both being undervalued. You've got Melvin Gordon, the the rookie from last season who disappointed and you got the veteran, the pass catcher, who who turned into an every down back for them, Danny Woodhead. Woodhead was running back three last year in PPR leagues. I, you know, that's that's something I monitor pretty closely that's week in week out during the season, and and I look at that and I'm still surprised by it. So he, running back three had a huge second half of the season, and and it's just going dirt cheap still. So I'm fine with buying Melvin Gordon. I think he can bounce back. I think he can. Uh, I think he's he can be in a solid NFL running back. But give me Woodhead for for a you know an early third, and and I'm happy. It's funny because 
I thought about this team and I was really struggling to come up with a name. I'm glad you went ahead of me because it's a perfect example. I didn't even, Woodhead didn't even dawn on me. You know, like you almost forget he's there. I mean, like he's a really quality player. And like you said, he came in third. He's an every week starter for, for fantasy. And if I had him, I wouldn't value him like that. I wouldn't, I haven't knocked on anyone's door about him. And now I, I have a screaming red flag. I think in every league, I need to go kick the tires on Danny Woodhead because I'm not a big Gordon believer. They they need, you know, they need big play options in that offense. The receivers are on the slower side. Oh, I like the Benjamin signing. Uh, I can see him getting a lot of snaps still. And their offensive line has been terrible over the last two years, but it doesn't have terrible players. They've been crushed by injuries for two years in a row. And I think they'll be better up front. I just don't think that that will keep up. So Woodhead's maybe the best call of this entire podcast. Yeah, you know, even, like I said, even at that running back three finish, he's still just so cheap. Um, I mean, if he plays 16 games, would you give him a 90% chance of being a top 20 running back in PPR? I mean, that seems pretty easy for him. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, you know, he's – I, I think he, you know, I, I think he, we can expect a regression in touchdowns. He scored a ton yeah. of touchdowns that, that I think they're going to try to move to, to Melvin Gordon. You know, I talked about his back half of the season. That's when Keenan Allen was out. So I, I think it's fair to say he sees less targets, less carries, less touchdowns, but he's got, he's got a, he's got plenty of room to drop and still be a quality uh, fantasy player. You know, if, if he's running we, back 20, weekly starter. Right. If he's running back 20, he drops from running back three to running back 20, and you gave a an early third round rounder for him? That's gold. You know, you're, you're still happy. Yeah, and this is a, a theory I use a lot more in redraft, but I don't think San Diego is going to be very good. I mean, he could be a garbage time monster. Yeah, yeah. So he could he could still see plenty of, of catches out of the backfield, though. Uh, a lot of those will go to, to Allen, you know, maybe to Travis Benjamin now, who's who's there. Let's wrap up our with our final team, the Tennessee Titans. They have um, they've made the big move, you know, the trade for Demarco Murray. They also signed Rashard Matthews away from Miami, and it's Murray for me. You know, I'm I'm willing to overlook his his year in Philadelphia. I know you're not a fan of his, but I think they're just going to run him into the ground, and and he's a guy that's going cheaper probably than he should as well. So. Yeah, give me give me Murray. I'll throw I'll make him my running back one for one year on a contender and and I'm happy to have him. Yeah, and I would take him in redraft. I do think he'll get a ton of carries. I don't think he's a great player. Um I, I he's kind of goes against my dynasty logic that you know, I, I probably am a little too age lenient, you know, like I would never even consider offering somebody something for DeMarco Murray, you know, when I'm talking trades with people. But you're right. He could win you the league this year, and he isn't super expensive. My guy, in a way, my guy's this entire offense. I mean, I think Delaney Walker's a sell because these other guys have shown up, and I think his his value has peaked. Mariota is a very, very good player, and I think he's going to be a great NFL player, but he's probably a little bit too expensive. But in the Sammy Watkins, Dante Moncrief conversation, I think Green Beckham could be a monster. I mean, I think he could be a first-round startup guy next year. Yeah, so he's he's another guy that's going kind of in a similar range to Dante Moncrief, and yeah, maybe the maybe the argument is he should be you know he should be up in the Devonte Parker range. You know, it, let's speculate yeah. and and give up a you know take him in the mid to late second, early third, and and see what we get. 
rebuild offensive line. I think they take Tunsil. Uh, I mean, I, I think that offense has a chance to be very good. I mean, I, they kind of remind me of – they're like the new version of the Jacksonville offense, you know, where the, all the pieces are starting to come to place. I think Rashard Matthews is a good player. So, you know, do I trust Green Beckham? Not really, but, boy, he, he has a awfully high ceiling, and this might be the last chance to acquire him. So let's talk rookie draft value for, for DGB. We both, we both said we were in the 1-3 range for Moncrief. Is it, is it the same for you? Yes. Um, but again, I just don't like this class very much. I mean, I, I have six fantasy te- or six dynasty teams, and, and I'm, I'll do a, I'll look at it for t- next week. But between those six dynasty teams, I bet I have six or seven 2016 draft picks <laughs> that I even own. I've sold them all. So if we assume that Treadwell is the one-two, do you are you liking Treadwell over over Green Beckham, or is that pretty close for you? I think it's very close. Yeah, I, and you know if so, if I had one-one and somebody said I'll give you Green Beckham and maybe a seventeen seconds or two seventeen seconds, I think I jump on that too. And I really like Elliot, and he could be an Eagle, he could be a Raider. But, I mean, I don't know that he's Adrian Peterson. You know, I mean, I think I don't know. The one-two conversation, I guess, is a better one. If I could <laughs> – excuse me, I'm fighting a cold. But if I could get Green Beckham and something for one-two, that's very risky, and I don't think most people would actually pull the trigger. But I think I would. I love Green Beckham as well. Um, and I don't know. His, his, his price is just uh... – increased maybe faster than than it should have or faster than he he deserves so he's uh, cheaper than parker though correct yes yeah well i think in in these in these startup mocks we're doing he's much cheaper than parker looking at some trade value i I I mean his off the field is scary right right so so dgb's off the field is uh, these multiple you know incidents he, he's had I don't, I don't know if he's actually been arrested but he's you know he's had some violent issues uh, violence issues and and parker's off the field is is this foot that keeps giving him trouble he's yeah, he broken right. at uofl he he had trouble early in in his rookie season so would you rank a moncrief last of those three or second uh they're all pretty close to me really i, I yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably rather have DGB than Moncrief. So, yeah, I'd probably rank Moncrief last. Yeah, but they're all about – I wouldn't pay much different costs for any of them. I'd love to have them all. None – I wouldn't be shopping any of them if I owned them. I mean, they're the next level of, you know, big-time wide receivers in this league. Yep, I agree. All right, so next time we will cover the NFC with some players that we think uh, you should be buying in your dynasty leagues. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.